Kia ora koutou, it's me, Tereda. Welcome to another one of our HR chats with me, Tereda. So we chat all things HR and HR related. Today, we are talking to Tim Jones. Tim Jones is the Grow Good CEO, also the founder of Grow Good and a B Consultant. He is New Zealand's first qualified B Consultant, having successfully completed the training program run by B Lab ANZ. And to date, he's helped more than 80 companies from around the world successfully navigate the B Corp Impact Assessment and is working with new businesses every month to take them through the process. He also holds a certificate in impact management, uh, measurement and management for the SDGs from Duke University, is industry expert and co-teacher of the University of Canterbury MBA program, Creating Impact-Led Enterprises. Hello, Tim. Hello. That sounds like it I'm quite is, busy. It, yeah, <laughs> like I was reading through that and thinking, I'm really underachieving. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just not doing enough. <laughs> with my life hey look welcome aboard i i know that there will be people here listening for whom some of what we have just described is going to be new to them yep. i i have hosted no shortage of, of of awards and things and mentioned businesses with b corp certification and and to be honest i'm not sure i totally understand what it is and fortunately nice. you were going to explain that to us so for people who haven't heard about b corp yep. certification let's go what is it Today's the day you find out. So um, B Corporation is a third-party independent verification of a company's social and environmental performance. So it's an initial self-assessment that a company will undertake through um, an online uh, platform, which any company can go and do. It's completely free to go and have a go at the assessment. So if you just Google um, or DuckDuckGo or whatever, or, or Ecosia, your, your preferred um, platform, um, B Impact Assessment, um, that'll come up. You will um, find um, a link to that and you can have a go at it. And basically, the assessment looks at your uh, performance as a company across your governance, your um, workers, your community impact, your environmental impact, and then what do you actually do? Like, what is your product and how do you um, sort of sell that to your customers? So it's kind of, in my, in my opinion, it is the world's premier um, independent a it's independent because you, you go through an audit process if you want to go and get certified which you then have to pay for so it's independent verification of claims that you might be making as a company it's globally recognized and it's social and environmental impact so that's why i think it's a pretty cool system it's pretty cool so <clears throat> how, how's it what's what is it a rigmarole you know the the free assessment so anyone sitting there thinking oh my gosh actually i wonder kind of how we're doing yep. you can go in and for free, fill yep. out a, I guess, a self-assessment form, yep. and get a sense of where you where you fit where you without you maybe be. necessarily going on and, and getting certified. Yep, hundred percent. So there's, I can't remember the numbers, but it's it's like in the tens, if not hundreds, of thousands of companies that have taken the assessment but haven't gone on to certify. Um, globally, we're just we're creeping up to six thousand B Corps globally. I think the other day, I. Th I'm pretty sure we're at 79 yesterday. Maybe we're 80 today in New Zealand. So it's it's kind of not massive numbers globally. I think if you work it out, it's about 0.01 or 2% of companies globally are B Corp. But the rate of growth in the movement is just, yeah, phenomenal. So a lot of companies will go and, yeah, exactly that. Go and have a snapshot, use it as a, as a, a way to get, you know, use a, a globally recognized framework to see where are we are. Yeah, and you can do that totally for free. Well, I, love, I always love it a free self-assessment yeah, uh, why not <laughs> i've done quite a few recently um including how to keep my, my headphones in um, hey uh, where did it come from the the sort of the, the basis of the idea the genesis of genesis yeah, yeah. of it all 
it has got, I think, a really cool sort of create. I call it the creation myth story of B Corp. So one of the co-founders of B Corp was a guy called Jay Cohen Gilbert. And he used to be the co-founder and CEO of a company called And One. And And One was one of the world's largest basketball apparel companies back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And I think it was the number one basketball apparel company in New Zealand. And globally, they were kind of sparring with Nike on shoe sales as to who would be number one. And it's the moment that I think a lot of people, particularly a lot of senior executives having companies, um, I call it the existential wet fish to the face moment, that kind of like um, Monty Python sketch where you get, you know, the, the big fish across the face. He, um, his sister was trapped in one of the Twin Towers in New York in, on September the 11th. Luckily, she was one of the, the survivors. She got out. And then about a week or two later, his, uh, one of his close friends at Am One passed away. And so he had this kind of moment, this existential wet fish to go well what am I doing you know like we're chasing Nike but so what and um they started to introduce some of the, the principles of what it would make a B Corp now into the business at that time so if anyone's worked in the U.S. or worked for a U.S. based company you'll know that your colleagues in the U.S. don't get things like leave um they don't get parental leave um they don't have a healthcare system um there's a lot of stuff that you know you, we take for granted from an HR perspective in in New Zealand and he started to do some different things. So they gave, or they have an option for employee ownership in the company. They started doing like the yoga and, and health days in the company before it was kind of trendy at Google. Um, they created their own charity where they were working in the local communities in Philadelphia, where they were based to, to do outreach programs for at-risk youth. They looked at their supply chain and started making sure that we were paying good wages in, you know, in their supply chain. And the business went from strength to strength. Anyway, fast forward to 2005, Jay wants to exit the business. They take the business to Wall Street. And the first thing that the investment guys do is look at the numbers and go, you've got a great brand, great business, but your numbers are terrible. So they stripped out all the, all the good stuff, sold the business. And then after that, he got together with, um, they've got great names. The CFO of And One is a guy called Bart Houlihan. And one of the Wall Street bankers, Andrew Castle, and the three of them felt, look, actually, we, we, we just sold out. And that felt pretty bad. Um, so the three of them got together and they thought about um, creating a new business together. And they looked at all sorts of things from like pizza companies and various things. And they liked drinking a couple of whiskeys. And I think over a couple of whiskeys, they thought, you know, yeah, maybe we could start one business. But then maybe a couple of glasses turned into a, you know, a bottle. And they thought, well, why don't we create a movement of businesses that aim to be the best in best way, the best for the world, rather than just chasing shareholder primacy. So that was the kind of the creation myth story. And, and so that was 2005, 2006. And they basically went to their friends and said, hey, look, we're going to create this certification framework. Does anyone want to have a go? And, and about 2006, 07, they got the first 10 B Corps in the US. Isn't it just so sort of typical that, you know, again, it just, it goes to that kind of that bottom line. It doesn't matter what, what the business is doing, that obsession yep. with the kind of, you know, with the profit, that late stage capitalism scenario. Yeah. So from that, so... Uh, People are listening to this and thinking, hey, that's, this, this sounds pretty great. We'll get on. We'll, yep. we'll do the self-assessment. When people go through that self-assessment, is there anywhere that a, a majority of people tend to sort of trip up where there, there's a part of it that tends to be a little weaker than the others? Or is it sort of spread across the various assessments? So if they're looking to go on and get certified, you know, where's the kind of pinch point yep. more often than not? So... It's worth noting that there is no one assessment. There's, so there's about 70 different assessments that you could take. And that's based on, so if you're in the, um, the agricultural sector versus the manufacturing sector versus a wholesale retailer versus a service business, you can have different, you know, if you're growing stuff, there's going to be questions on pesticide use and land use. Whereas, you know, running a small service-based company, I don't really have much impact directly on the land. So there's, there's not one assessment. 
broadly, Kiwi companies generally, and this is where I think for HR people in New Zealand, we generally score really well on workers because we tend to look after our employees really well in New Zealand. We have some good um, sort of favourable trade wins, you know, with legislation, state, you know, mandated healthcare, pensions, what have you. But beyond that, particularly medium to large companies, they typically are offering quite a lot of extra benefits to staff in general. The one area in general where most Kiwi companies in particular are really struggling is supply chain. It's kind of like, we buy some stuff from a guy called Dave in Auckland, but I don't know where Dave gets his stuff from. And it's like, you might want to have a look into that because I'm sure Dave's a great guy or Sally or, you know, whoever you're buying it from, I'm sure they're great, but you might just want to have a look into that because that's going to be your risk. Um, and but that's more for sort of product-based companies, service-based companies. Um, it can typically be more around um, shoring up kind of community impact, community involvement. Um, yeah, those would be the two, two main ones. Yeah, look at it. Uh, just incidentally, one of the great things around a lot of these certification programs now and product traceability and all of that, that, that actually the, 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 the whole lift of businesses that float that kind of entire supply chain analysis yep. all the way back through. So, uh, it, you know, what a great world we're living in. So I've gone yep. through it. I've had a look at it um, yep. and I thought, you know what, actually, <laughs> I think I'm doing pretty well. I think it'd be good for my business to get certified. Yep. I'm going to fill out the form and someone's going to audit me. What, what, what is that process? What's the certification process with, with getting the stamp on the page? Yep. So most people, yeah, will, will give, give the assessment a go. Once, so you need to score a minimum of 80 out of 200 on the self-assessment. And a lot of people kind of go, well, 80, that's not even half marks. You know, how hard is this thing? The median score on first attempt for, for all companies is 50 out of 200. So to even be getting 80, you're sort of significantly outperforming the market or your peers or, or, or competitors. So you need to get a, get the minimum of 80. And to do that, you basically are either doing pretty good across all five sections or you're doing exceptionally well in two and kind of okay on the other three. And so once you're over that 80 uh, mark, you click submit. It's a real shame like that. I think they should have like a really big red button in the, on the middle of the page that you get to click, but it, you've got to find this little submit button on one of the pages. You, you click submit. You then currently sit in a queue for potentially quite a few months. And that's because there's so much demand for B Corp globally that their audit team just can't keep up with demand currently, which is a, it's a better problem to be having. Um, so depending and, on the... to be fair, a very a very modern problem. There are no no shortage of us now. You know, waiting is the new normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just get used. To, oh, I'm British, so I'm I, I love a good queue. There's oh, you love it. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, even even a metaphorical yeah. online queue. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, yeah. are at home. I'm all over it. Yeah, because I get a cup of tea. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so you'll sit in a queue for 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 a little while. That will depend on the size, scale, and complexity of the organisation. Smaller companies will get through more quickly because they're just smaller and there's less to kind of audit. Whereas, um, you know, we helped stuff. Um, it took them about a year to even get to the audit position because they're bigger and compl more complex. And it just takes the auditors kind of do a little bit of pre-work on your company to work out, okay, well, what am I actually auditing? So if you're a small company like mine, it's yeah, pretty easy to go through the audit. So you, once you're called for audit, um, typically that looks like a 90 minute to two hour Zoom call or your preferred equivalent. Um, and in that audit, it's a mixture of a verbal audit. So they might say, hey, Terada, here you say that you do X, Y, Z. Um, can you just give me an example of how you've done that recently and what was the outcome? And so you'll provide a verbal explanation and they'll go, yep, great. I'm happy with that. Tick. 
Other questions, they'll say, hey, look, so you're claiming here that you've sent 75% plus of your workforce on some training programs. Um, could you tell me what those training programs were? Okay, now what I want to see is invoices, you know, to prove that you sent them on to that conference. So it's a mixture of verbal audit, physical, well, digital physical audit. Um, yeah, and that process, like I say, two hour call, you'll go away, there'll be some homework. The, the thing to bear in mind is, or the two things to bear in mind, that the whole process is a positive screening tool. So you get rewarded for the good that you're doing. You don't get points taken off you for, for you know, what you're not doing or for doing bad. And the auditors in general, they're very collegial. They want you to be a B Corp. They're not sitting here going, no, that's wrong. And they're not telling you sort of how you could do it better. They're pretty good at going, look, you're kind of, you've all, you're almost there. But if you just go and create this document, then I can give you those points. So yeah, you go through that process after that verification call. There's normally a bit of homework you have to go away and do, find some proof, documentation. Once you've uploaded all of that, they'll tick it all off, mark it all off as um, verified. You pay your certification fee and boom, you get to put your little B Corp certificates, logos all over the show. Great. And and for an organization that is thinking about that, what's the, what's the I guess, the benefit of that, of actually getting certified. Yep. Hey, I guess you, you you not only get a really good snapshot of of where you are, and you know, self assessment is necess not necessarily ever a bad thing. Um, yep. good to know. What what are the any other kind of benefits? Yep. Totally. I mean, what we're seeing with the, with the clients that we work with, there's four. I mean, if every organisation has four groups of humans that they need, and they are customers, employees, supply chain, and investors. And basically one or all of those groups are looking at your company in the middle, starting to ask the question internally, maybe at least, if not actually sending your company emails, like, what are you doing? What's your ESG plan? Um, there was a great, um, it was an email, I think it was like 2019, a lady wrote a letter to, I don't know whether I can name the large company, but it was a large New Zealand retailer. And she sent them a, um, an email saying, hey, I'd like to know a bit more about your supply chain. And, and they came back and said, oh, we're, we're sorry, madam, but that information is classified. Well, in my head now, I'm now just imagining five-year-old children in Southeast Asia making your stuff. Um, so I think there's more and more interest from those groups of people, like I say, who, who are looking at your business, um, who want to know what you're doing, either because they're having pressure put on them or if, you know, increasingly concerned citizenry. I think you know, more and more people, particularly I think for, for you know, companies in the service sector you know, or um, you know, your, your employees want to know that they're, they're doing something meaningful. And I think this is the real link with HR is that there are other ESG frameworks that you can do. And typically what happens is the sustainability manager will go and do that in isolation on their own. And they'll pop up and say, hey, we've got this new certification. The key with B Corp is actually to bring your entire company on the journey and let everyone understand what good you're currently doing, but let them bring them full selves into work and provide ideas. And, you know, hey, I, I had no idea that in manufacturing we, we did that. I've always wondered why we can't do it this way. And so, yeah, having that sharing of, of the goodness that you're doing. I mean, yeah, one example I was recently, well, recently in March, I went back to the UK and I caught up with a mate of mine in Covent Garden for lunch. And I was a bit early, so I went for a bit of a walk just around by the tube station there. And within about three blocks, I saw three retail shops that had a B Corp logo in their window. And I like mystery shopping B Corp shops. I walked in, I was like, oh, so what's this B thing on the window? And they're like, oh, well, yep, we're a certified B Corporation. That means we've been independently verified to be meeting the highest. And I'm like, fantastic like I, I said you know hey I'm, I'm actually a b corp I, I know this stuff but i just wanted to test i said do, do you tell that to every customer like oh you know we're really proud to be a b corp and you know we, we really we just we think the whole thing's amazing and everything we had to do to get there like you can't buy that 
you know, level of engagement in retail, um, in particular, whereas most other stores you walk past and there's someone just on their phone, you know, texting or WhatsApping their mate or whatever. Um, so yeah, definite uplift um, and potential for marketing. But again, that supply chain stuff, um, you know, we're, we're definitely seeing pressures coming where, where the company, the bigger company upstream has become a B Corp and they, they're now just looking downstream and going, hey, we want to know what you're doing because they've just asked us what, we, what we're doing with you. So lots of pressures Indeed. everywhere. A lot of pressure everywhere. If um, you're mentioning, you know, the numbers in New Zealand, who, who are some of the big ones, both here and abroad, that we we might have heard of, but yep. we may not necessarily know they're B Corp certified. Yep. Um, I guess globally, Patagonia, the outdoor company, they're one of the longest standing and highest scoring B Corps. Um, ben and Jerry's is a B Corp, so the more ice cream you eat, the better the world gets. That's the theory. Um, locally, um, Allbirds. I mean, we try and claim Allbirds as a Kiwi B Corp, but realistically, they're based in San Fran, so you know we'll do our best on that one. Kiwi Bank is a B Corp, Co-op Bank is a B Corp, Kathmandu is a B Corp. Um, some of the smaller B Corps that you might have heard of, like the Cheer Sisters, they're currently the highest scoring B Corp in New Zealand. Um, Etik, they're, they're possibly my favorite B Corp, number two, they were B Corp number two, like, you know, way back before it was cool. Um, yeah, so there's a, a real diverse range and, and different industries within New Zealand, because I think we're, we're kind of still, I mean, at the forefront of, of people getting into it. Um, so it's very much driven by people that kind of really want to do this rather than perhaps, you know, globally, there are some organizations that might have been forced into it a little bit because of market forces. An interesting one, just so regionally, um, Unilever Australia, New Zealand is now a B Corp. So Unilever globally is not, but their Australia, New Zealand division is. So they, they're like the biggest one in this region now. Right. And so and a part of it, I suppose, is also that the it's a it's sort of i guess pressure from consumers but you can also have that pressure from inside to say hey look you yeah. know we're talking hr times are tough how do we yep. recruit the people we want and, and we're all talking about that yep. kind of you know that the purpose and we've been yep. talking about that for, for for some years now so yep. actually applying a little bit of pressure from inside to say hey we think this is a good thing and actually yep. people can do that from any level within that they can actually yep. maybe go, even go to the hr department and go you know what if you haven't heard of this this might be quite a good yeah, thing yeah. or hr can go to <clears throat> whoever else is involved yep 100 percent. and it's really interesting like i i call those people the concerned citizen i'll quite often get like i've got there's a, a young lady who reached out to me a couple of months ago and she's like hey i think my company should be a vehicle and we've spent the last couple of months she i've been feeding her the information that she kind of needs she's then presented it to the ceo it's an australia new zealand based company the ceo is over for a board meeting i'm flying up to wellington next month to go and present to their board and say well this is your opportunity so we definitely get concerned citizens but also we're seeing boards say to their ceos um because we're now getting to this really interesting phrase um interesting uh, phase um, I can't remember the guy's name, Leon, he was the CEO of Sinlay, which is a B Corp. He is now on the board of Raglan Coconut Company, I think, who are a B Corp, but he's also on some other boards. So we've now got the first kind of group of board people who are moving around. They've been in a couple of B Corps and they're now dropping into non-B Corps. And we're starting to sort of see that coming from a board level as well. But in, in terms of that purpose piece, B Corp... We're really big on the purpose piece. You know, the risk with B Corp is it's just another environmental certification that you kind of go through the process. You can use it as a tool that is tangible, that lets, you know, it's that classic JFK quote, you know, when, he's at, when he was at NASA, what are you doing here, son? I'm putting a man on the moon. The way you can use the B Corp process to get everyone to understand how what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis is having a meaningful contribution to the company, but more broadly, well, what is this? What is the meaningful contribution that this company is actually making? And you can use the assessment to really help bring that to life and let, like I say, if you can get your lowest paid part-time worker engaged on B Corp, you're going to nail it. 
Just wondering, you know, I just sat through an economics uh, conference a couple of weeks ago. Um, there was a presentation on mana ho, uh, a new way of looking at Maori business, and yep. and within within a rumor here, particularly for a lot of like iwi businesses and things like that, is that 100%. something that specifically might be really good? <laughs> yeah, um, there's deepening conversations between. So my business is a B Corp. The company that or the organisation that runs the certification framework is called B Lab. And that's a non-profit organization. And there's B-Labs all over the world. So our regional hub is in Melbourne, B-Lab Australia, New Zealand. B-Lab are having, you know, deeper, deepening conversations with Teo Māori business principles, the leaders of those um, iwi businesses, um, business accelerators, and so on and so forth. Because fundamentally, the principles of B Corp, um, true stakeholder capitalism, thinking long-term, the, the B and B Corp stands for benefit. You know, so what benefit does your company have beyond just making a return for the shareholder? So the underlying principles of Teo Māori business and B Corp are, you know, really, really aligned. It's just taken, you know, us smart people from the, from the Western democratized countries to, you know, it's just taken us a thousand years to work out that maybe chasing money isn't the smart thing. Maybe it isn't. Hey, look, what a crazy idea. It's a crazy idea, I know, but it probably just a, a, a very pertinent and applicable place to um, finish up the conversation. On a personal level, um, what's been the best thing about it for you? Oh, man, that's a great question. I mean, I, I discovered B Corp having had an early midlife crisis um, post earthquakes here in Christchurch. And then we had our daughter in 2012. I, I had basically what was called a subconscious awakening. So come to the moment of realization, like Jay did, I had that existential wet fish to the face. Like, what are we doing? We're just chasing money. And by doing that, I, I used to work in the medical device industry, selling hips and knees and spinal instruments and implants. And you get to the realization pretty quickly that the industry actually just cares about making more money. It doesn't really care about patient outcomes. You know, literally, they will. There were patient deaths chasing money over patient outcomes, and you kind of go, "Well, if the one industry in the world which should be about making humans better actually just cares about money, what hope? Have we, you know, what hope have we got in in the industries that actually just care about making money?" Um, so, I went down a real, yeah, sort of rabbit hole, and um, on that, discovered this whole thing about purpose, and then discovered B Corp. And for me, it was just, it's been life-changing to realize that you know i might be crazy but you know there's now six thousand other business people that are equally crazy that like i say think that maybe just chasing money perhaps doesn't give us best outcomes for us as individuals or companies or the planet so yeah brilliant tim jones um congratulations on your on the resolution of your early midlife crisis <laughs> and the Get ongoing really work to, the um, rush <laughs> Read the rush to, to, to make everyone better. Tim Jones, Grow Good CEO, founder, and B consultant. For those of you who are thinking, geez, you know, I've 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 listened all the way to the end of this um, without immediately going on at the start of the conversation and going to the website. Um, what is the website? Is it? So if you just search for B Impact Assessment, get amongst it. Hey, this has yeah. been um, a, a wonderful conversation. I'm going to go and do a self assessment and then sit around despondent for the rest of the day at my my my. my, my <laughs> I need to improve. Continuous self-improvement. Tim Jones from Grow Good CEO, founder and B Consultant. This has been another one of our wonderful HR chats with me, Terada. If there is a person, a subject, uh, a topic, uh, an area of interest that you think we should have a chat about, please let Tina and the team know at HRNZ. If this is the first of these that you have watched or listened to, please go back through the archives and have a listen to the rest. There are some crackers in there. Until next time, thanks very much. We'll see you later on.